0: Episode 411, Global From Asia podcast. I'm checking out a space for one of our after parties for the summit at Cross Border Summit. And today we're introducing our MC and some stories and some fun stuff. Let's tune in today. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Got some deer head behind me. So the intro and outro will be video, but we have an audio only interview. I was at Ash's office today here in Chiang Mai. He's starting up his own podcast and studio. It was really amazing try to get some photos here for you in the show notes he's our MC for the cross-border summit and um, he dug in some deep questions with me after so you'll learn a little bit about why you should come to the cross-border summit as well as afterwards he gives me some fire shot questions about uh, history uh, of, the, of the business and me so um, you can enjoy that but if you're watching the video you'll see me walking around We're considering this place for one of our after parties and it's pretty epic. It's got deer heads on the wall. I don't know how I feel about that. It's got a pretty cool, I don't know if I can drink all this alcohol on the wall. A very beautiful space here in Chiang Mai. There's so many cool coffee shops and restaurants. So I'll talk more about this after the interview with Ash. Ash is interviewing me, I feel. I interview him, but he's kind of interviewing me. I'll also be on his podcast. He's starting up. Let's tune into the show you'll get a little bit of preview of what to expect of this cross-border summit 2023. It's been four years since the last one. All right, we have Tommy, the sales manager at Cross Better Logistics. How are you, Tommy? Hi. We just got to meet here in Shenzhen, China. It's great. Uh, They support the show at Global From Asia, and we also use them ourselves for many of our brands and e-commerce businesses, and Tommy really cares. They always are uh, trying to help us save money, you know, not. You have some products you keep for us in China. You have some products you keep for us in the U.S. warehouse, and uh, I really appreciate that. And you'll you can talk to this seller, right? You can give them your advice. You work with many Chinese sellers a lot, right? And uh, you can help um, help the sellers understand more. Yeah, we are very professional for the shipment to USA and Canada. Also, we have a warehouse in USA and Canada we can have our uh, factories, suppliers, uh, sellers for the shipment. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for yes. the e-commerce business. Yep, and you even keep stuff uh, in China too. So sometimes if you have the limitations of uh, sending too much to Amazon, you can keep it here in China with, with uh, CrossBetter or you can send it of course to the US warehouse. They have many different options and they're always trying their best to find uh, find out what's the best solution for you. So definitely talk to Tommy, talk to Cross better, and thank you for your uh, support of the community. Yes, we have good pricing and better service. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Okay, hello everyone, and a massive hello. To Michael Michelini. Hello, hello.
0: Thanks for for having me. Wow, this is is amazing.
1: That was uh, one hell of a welcome from the sound (laughs) effects machine. Yeah, there's a huge, huge crew here. (laughs) It sounds that way. It sounds that way. So may I start by introducing you? Because it's something that I know I'm going to have to do live on stage very soon. I know that you are a public speaker. I know that you run and host the Cross Border Summit. You're a podcast host of Global From Asia, which is all about cross-border business, and you have 410 episodes under your belt, plus plus, because I know some of them weren't actually released and you did some special series. So I'd say that's not quite Joe Rogan, but that does show a tremendous amount of consistency and commitment. How long you've been doing that, we'll dive into in a bit. Um, You're an American national, originally from Connecticut, but you have truly international credentials, and you're super active on social media. The outputs that I see are really professional content. So that means you've either got a really good team or you've streamlined your own operations quite impressively. You are the founder of globalfromasia.com, which I found out is way more than just a podcast. You know, you've got your marketplace, which seems to be designed to help others do business. And I, I feel that A lot of what you do is designed about networking, collaboration, and helping others. You're the founder. This goes on. You're the founder of OffChain Global, which is a global community for Uh, crypto. uh, Co-founder in the Chiang Mai district. Co-founder of the Chiang Mai district. Thank you for correcting me on that one.
0: I know the founder is Jonathan. Great guy. Cool.
1: Yeah. Which is, which just, the reason for me mentioning that as well was like a whole new aspect of you about blockchain and crypto. Mm -hmm. For me, you are best known as an e-commerce specialist, living in China for over 10 years, and now living here in Chiang Mai with your family. Mike, that is a lot. (laughs) What out of everything that I mentioned or failed to mention is most important to you?
0: You know, I think being a connector, a global connector, and like you said, bringing people together and finding finding the strength and the opportunities in, in other people.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Can I be blunt? Does that pay the bills or is that something that you do to give back?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't do, I've been hearing the word altruistic a lot lately <laughs> from my discussions with people, but I don't do things for money right away. I, I guess I make my money on the, as a seller myself, I don't know if I put enough in my, what I do, but w- I'm also an e-commerce seller. And I also, yeah, do consulting for other e-commerce and online businesses and content creation. Yeah. Can we just dive in a little bit more into, the, into what an
1: e-commerce seller is? Because I think I know, sure, but I'm sure there's an awful lot more to it. And I've mentioned to you in the past that e-commerce sellers seem, can be, not seem, can be quite secretive about what they do. Is that the case for you? Is that your experience? Can you share just a little bit more about specifically what you do?
0: Sure. So, e-commerce seller is one way of calling it. Another way is a brand owner. I, I, I should have called myself a brand owner. When there's e-commerce, e-commerce seller could mean a lot of things. You know, I just had a phone call before our session. He mentioned dropship. He's like, "Oh, dropship. Dropship is a form of e-commerce. I don't do dropship. Means I somebody sells other people's products." And makes a markup. But an FBA seller, Amazon FBA has to buy the inventory and stock it and sell it. So it's it's a more capital intensive type of selling. It's also could be called private label or PL. It means you put your own label or your own brand on the product, which is what I I recommend. So I, I believe in brand being a brand the reason a lot of sellers, I actually have some series where I say, what's your ASIN? ASIN is Amazon Stock Identification Number, I believe, or basically your SKU. Mm-hmm. I joke like, what's your ASIN? You know, with the, with the microphone or a camera. And the reason they're so afraid is it is somewhat easy to reverse engineer the product from an Amazon listing. There's more and more tools. It shows how much they're spending on advertising, their ranking, their sales, even some ideas of where their supplier could be based so there's this paranoia that they're just another seller of a product that anybody else could do but i i've off almost always talk about the products i sell you know i have meetups here i, I bring the product samples i talk about a podcast i'll be honest sometimes i'm scared because yeah I, It's also dangerous because maybe somebody doesn't like you or somebody uh, wants to hurt you or copy you or maybe they don't even intentionally copy you but they subliminally copy you. There are some jokes about a garlic press. There was a course that talked about this or a community talked about selling a garlic press so everybody, not everybody, but lots of people started selling garlic presses on Amazon. Just
1: because the information was there?
0: I guess it's just easy to just say, oh, this product makes money and I know how to buy it and I know how to Promote it. So that was maybe the beginning of it. But sometimes you subliminally copy something, right? You hear about an idea or a product, you sleep on it, and then maybe you don't even purposely copy them, but you start to kind of do what that person you're learning from does. So there's there's this concern, mm-hmm. and a lot of people feel like sometimes Amazon commodify commoditizes the seller. They just try to make everybody look the same. There's even some memes or jokes about like videos on on like you know on social media about oh, which table should I buy? And every picture looks the exact same except just a different name, a name or brand. But you try to differentiate through through the features or the, the packaging or the experience or the listing. But I mean, a lot of people are just paranoid that they can get copied somewhat easily and reverse engineered so they don't sure. share.
1: Sure, I understand that. And obviously, e-commerce sellers, brand owners, FBA these are all people that are going to come
0: to cross border summit. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get started with cross border summit? Cross border summit started from the podcast. So the podcast was going well. People were enjoying it, contacting me, wanting to meet people said, Oh, I'm coming to China. Do you have time for a coffee? Do you have time to meet? And I have to credit my wife, Wendy. She says, you should just make a conference. So it was like, the end of 2015, the idea came, and I actually would like your feedback, or maybe even listeners. I was considering calling it the GFA Summit or Global From Asia Summit, but I felt like it was too too long, and I thought, like, what do we really do? It's like cross-border, and it was like a newer term then, mm-hmm. and so I, I just decided to call it Cross-Border Summit instead of Global From Asia Summit. I think it was originally Global From Asia Summit, but before we did the first one. So the first one was in October 2016 in China. It's a one-day event, I think on a Saturday, April 16th, 2016.
1: So am I right in saying everyone that came to that very first Cross-Border Summit would have been come from your podcast? They were listeners or associates or people that had heard about this from your podcast? I'd
0: I'd say, yeah, either either from it or uh, referred by it, yeah. And then here we are,
1: 2023 how has that expanded How has your reach and uh, your audience expanded
0: so it's evolved for sure i mean the whole space the whole space of especially i was in china and you know actually we were a little bit more diversified at that time we had also taxes and corporations and corporate culture and selling in china but after that first one people kind of asked me, and of course I was listening, if you look at the 2017, 18, 19, it was more and more FBA or Amazon focused based on requests of the audience. So the first one was very broad. We of course had Amazon content and e-commerce content, but we also had a lot of like broad content uh, about cross-border e-commerce and trade. Sure. But yeah, it's definitely expanded over the years and Even we're mentioning that that panel I was on, people recognized sometimes just my voice because they had listened to a lot of still audio, you know, a lot of audio, and they said it. They had maybe listened to it when I came to Chiang Mai, and they were looking for Asia business content and found it, and were excited. So, of course, with so many shows online and content everywhere, and word of mouth, there's been much more people discussing these things.
1: Cool. That. 2023 event is here in Chiang Mai. That's a first.
0: Yeah, first time.
1: The theme is Open Borders, New Beginnings. I think I know what that means, but maybe you could just explain that to everyone without using the C word.
0: Oh, the C-H word? Because
1: it's been a while since you launched a live event, right? Since 2019. Yeah. And here we are in 2023. How has it been for cross-border business during that period?
0: I mean, it chokes me up thinking about it. There's this mass destruction, you know, horrible destruction. Even before COVID, COVID that's C, there's a lot of C words. I don't know which one I can't say. <laughs> COVID was the one. Oh, I thought you meant yeah. C. China is another one.
1: Oh, really? No, I didn't think of that.
0: <laughs> but, you know, we did an online event and we called it the Broken Border. Okay. I don't know if I want to spoil a surprise, but we might have parts of that event uh, on display at the at the, this first in person live one. Cool, but I mean families separated, businesses destroyed, products liquidated, brands just gone. Like I could fill a whole show of those stories, but it's just mass destruction of our in, of our of our industry and our uh, community. Mm. And so-, so many have left, you know, like so many have given up or sold or there was also this aggregator wave where these investors bought up all these smaller guys and consolidated to bigger ones and so a lot of maybe even some in a good way retired you know made seven eight figure exits and uh, don't do it anymore you know sometimes they'll see me at an event like you know dc event and they'll say hey mike thanks for telling me about amazon i i've sold i I, they'll think they'll thank me they say they got i got and they're gone they're out of the industry now but uh, yeah I, i i'd say it's just that's why this yeah open borders new beginnings because it's it's a new it's a it's a whole new world it's a whole new world. So
1: the the people that have stuck it through the people that have survived and that are going to come to cross border summit this year, what's in it for them? Why are they coming?
0: It's a mix of, I think the networking is I, I mean I love the speaker content, but of course the the, the networking and. The reason we keep these small is we want it to be high impact networking where people see each other more than just once bumping into each other in a like a, a larger event uh, and you can also meet the speakers like the speakers are there and of course you have so many testimonials but people say I was actually able to meet the speaker and to talk to him or her and ask questions and connect with them so it's really about the, the networking and connecting, as well as the, the content itself, we really encourage. Well, we have no recording, and, and I guess I can say Joel is happy about that because he'll he'll be sharing there too. We really encourage them to share their brand, to share real case studies, to share uh, real uh, examples. Because as I said earlier, Amazon sellers don't want to share their brand, but they know this event. They, for me almost personally, is they want to make their best content here, and. Other testimonies we have, and they're coming back. Like one is Rollins; he's he's from Eastern Europe and lives in Tai Taiwan. And uh, he's come the last two, and he's already confirmed for this one. He says he, sorry, I had to miss the after party, but I had so many ideas and strategies. I went back to my hotel that night and I started to do them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we like the hacks and the the, the things you can do right away. So a lot of speakers try to put some high-impact strategies.
1: Deliberately not recorded, deliberately not published on the Internet, to try and promote the connection and the openness of conversations at the live event. Exclusive number of tickets, is that right? Yeah. How many people will be attending how many how many can you fit in and you know what's the capacity and where are you at with that right now
0: sure so it's 100 100 people attending uh, total we're about a third there so we still have about 70 to go Mm -hmm. and you know including speakers there's 20 and there's of course our team and there's a few great sponsors confirmed so i think the max capacity of this room is like 120 130
1: super I think it's well worth telling people a bit more about who the speakers are going to be. And for me personally, I don't know if we've actually mentioned this before, but I'm going to be emceeing the event with you. I'll be your event host. I can't wait. I'll be introducing people on stage and really getting involved with the event, trying to add my energy and uh, promote networking too. But I really do think it's worth mentioning just a bit more about the speakers. And like I said, for me personally, I think sponsors should also be mentioned. Sure. So can you tell us just a little bit more about that?
0: Sure. So speakers is it's a long list. I will pick some of the highlights. Of course, I don't wanna to pick total favorites, but of course ones I I can think of and some that maybe I'll mention some that I've never been to Thailand before at all. So one is Danny McMillan. He's he's also a podcaster at Seller Sessions. He's based in London. He's never been to Thailand at all. He he should be pretty well known for anybody in the space of he has great content. And he's been He's spoken to every, almost every single one we've done. Cool. <laughs> and he, he's a expert. He an expert on Amazon, listing optimization. He's works with massive brands. He's like an authorized Amazon speaker and a really fun guy. He'll also be DJing on Friday. Awesome. He he's really wants to show his... He's also a DJ. <laughs> so that's Danny. Mike Hartman. Mike Hartman doesn't really need to work anymore. He's exited... A, Again, recently, I I feel another seven figures. Mike Hartman is a is a American based out of Romania, and is just a really good growth hacker, a really good marketer, like basically business brain, like a numbers machine. And he's going to be sharing about crowdfunding for. So he's really experienced in Kickstarter, but not just. Kickstarter and done, but Kickstarter to Amazon so that you actually have a sustainable business. Because most Kickstarter people just do it once and then do another Kickstarter. But he doesn't want, it's a lot of work to do Kickstarter, so he does it and then he continues it onto Amazon. Mm. He'll be sharing. Howard Tai, professor of Amazon, a good friend of mine, also American-born, Chinese descent, that's lived in China many years, worked with huge Chinese factories and sellers and eight figures. He will be sharing about Ranking algorithms and ways to boost your rank with external traffic. Chris Rawlings, another first time to Thailand. I guess he, he does disclose he had a layover in an airport, but does that I don't think that counts, <laughs> right? There was a layover, but he never left the airport. That's not count. Them. So that's not counting that. He's from Sophie Society and done an eight figure brand while he was traveling around on a motorcycle in Africa, I think, or South America. Can't remember which one. Very numbers numbers guy. Like, I think photographic memory, I feel, just super smart. And he's, like, a, I think he has a science degree. And he is really specializing more in AI for Amazon, listing optimization, PPC. So he'll be coming. There's, like, Leslie Chong. Leslie and Daniel, they're from Scale Insights in Singapore. He's come... In the past, he sold his brand for seven figures, and he, I even have clips of him that he kind of credits, credits us because he came to the summit in 2017, and he was just starting, and he couldn't find events about Amazon, and he met so many amazing people. He went to workshops after with some of us, and he's credits us, his sale to uh, our events in a bit. You know, He'll be um, doing a panel about AI and PPC. Probably we'll have Chris and some others. I mean, there's so, there's so many, they're all like, and they're like my friends. Yeah. Zach Benson, he's a IG expert. He's like an influencer. He teaches people how to be influencers and he will talk about KOL, influencer strategy for Instagram and social media for, for e-commerce brands. KOL? Key online leader. Thanks. Key opinion leader. Basically like a influencer. Influencer online. on
1: Instagram. Yep. Sure. You told you told me that this was long.
0: Yeah, I, I mean you proved that, and I'm sure. I don't know how much more you want me to go. There, yeah, there's, there's still there's uh, twenty of them. So sure. 20, so 20, 20, twenty
1: speakers in total. Yeah. Over two days. Yep. But the day before is Mastermind Day. Yes. Is that a half day? Yeah. What can people expect at the Mastermind? Like, what, why? What, firstly, does the ticket guarantee you the Mastermind, or is that an additional cost? And what do people get out of the Mastermind?
0: Yeah, so it's, it was added, I think he, the second year we added it, but it's a, it's an additional uh, ticket. It's the VIP-level ticket to to get access. It's 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Table format with some of the key speakers. So some of those ones I was naming will be hosting a table. And the way we do it, because I know there's a lot of different ways of calling a mastermind. It's a cool word. So I don't know if there's an exact formula for how people do masterminds. Some people do different formats. Our format is four four sessions, four hours total, and we have four tables you can move from. And there's a couple of breaks in between. So it's about 45 minutes per table. You can rotate to different tables where there's some of our top speakers at those tables. So you get time with the top speakers to talk about their specialty, as well as others in that round table. And we like to do it before the event so that you kind of get to know the other VIP and speakers in advance.
1: Yep. Yep. That's a, it's a, it's a good format and it's a great start to an event Yeah, because it makes you feel like you're already welcome and well connected before you get to actually hear the people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then just to make, we have a VIP dinner. So the dinner is for speakers and VIPs only. I like to do this before because other events I've seen that do the VIP dinner after or during, it kind of feels like we exclude the the others, I agree. So I don't like to feel like, oh, you can't come in because if it's before, they don't. It hasn't started yet, so we're not like drawing that line or, or barricade between people. So, so that that pre-event is more like an additional fee or ticket level.
1: So speakers become part of the VIP package. Yep. Obviously, sponsors do. We just should yeah, I should go through to speaker yeah, Sponsors. It, I'd love to know. Yeah,
0: please. So we have three three core sponsors. Core sp- we are open to others joining, but for right now, we have three. Our our top sponsor as of now is Lian Lian Pay. It's a cross border payments company that is expanding outside of China. So a lot of our sponsors might are more famous in Asia or China, and they kind of come to us for help to get more exposure to the to Western uh, markets and sellers. So. Th- there are some of the best rates you can get for the FX and exchanges, and they're starting to make an English and international product. And they're not going to be, like, so pushy there because they're almost using this as, like, a focus group or a way to talk to the English-speaking international community mm-hmm. as they're building out, like, an English product for payments. So anybody doing cross-border trade knows you have cross-border payments, so they have a way for you to kind of, like, receive the funds, keep the funds, or send the funds to like your supplier, to yourself, to contractors. So it's, it's our top sponsor right now. The second is Nextoria. Mm-hmm. Nextoria is a value-add broker. I don't know if they want to use the word broker. A value-add like, partner with you to help you sell your business. So they represent the sellers to help them get the best price and deal for their business when they're selling. So they represent the sellers and then they already have a network of investors or buyers and they'll be coming and they're, they're sponsoring. And the third is Yun Express. Yun Express is a air, sh- air shipping company that helps people ship from China, but now they're expanding in Thailand. We've been using them as well. So they're kind of like a middle between middle of service, their prices in the middle and their services above like, you know, the U.S. mail or, or like POST, but they're less than like DHL or UPS.
1: I see. Well yeah. positioned.
0: Yeah. So they're hitting that sweet spot in the middle because you don't need it in like three days, but maybe a week or 10 days. And you want good tracking, you know, and good service. Because, you know, the U.S. mail, you don't know, what, you know when or where it is. So, And they're specializing now in Thailand as well as China.
1: So, just two more things that I wanted to talk about specifically about Cross Border Summit this year. Sure. Uh, number one is I had a conversation with Antoinette Jackson, who's oh, going yeah. to be one of your speakers. Yes. She is the founder of B Super B. What's the word I'm looking for? Beeswax wraps. Basically, she declares a war on plastic, on cling yeah. film, and produces environmentally friendly, social enterprise products. So she's coming to speak and. When she said, do you think I should bring my products? I was like, absolutely, yes, you should. And then she said, well, I don't know. Is there an opportunity for me to sell or give away? And then I read, actually, there is going to be a new initiative for vendor booths. Is that during the whole conference? Or tell us a little bit about why you've started that and and what's the opportunity for people who want a booth?
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah, so the booth is is a very fresh, ah, very very fresh, still baking, <laughs> and we're gonna announce it more clearly as we get closer. But we're looking to do it on that fifteenth, the Wednesday, the fifteenth, the day before the event, and it will be an add on for people because we only have a hundred to the uh, the summit, and it's much more exclusive. This is gonna be a little bit open, more open, because of course the booths want more. As many people as possible so this will be an open event for of course the local community here and others but many people want to buy from thailand factories you know a lot of people are looking for alternatives to china and as i i don't think i mentioned on this show but we also started the cross-border summit during the canton fair and the trade shows in china because everybody was coming to the trade shows and we don't have a trade show here so I figured, why not start to work towards it? And we're partnering with a, a company that has a network of suppliers, because I need their help. I don't, I don't really know that many factories here. And they don't know these buyers or you know, it's sellers or buyers, you know, in, to a factory where a buyer a sell, but e-commerce seller is a seller. In I the understand, West. yeah. So we're partnering up to do this. And we're looking to just have 20 to 30 booths. As a first year. Okay.
1: Local, kind of, local suppliers.
0: Yeah, we're looking for Thailand suppliers, awesome. uh, northern Chiang Mai. So we already have a, a group confirmed, small group confirmed. Uh-huh. You found 20 already? He has a huge uh, database because he provides the services. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to, of course, uh, maybe you know me, I don't do everything for money. So we're, we're, we're kind of keeping an open mind about how we do this. But we want to do this. for It's a long-term play. So this might expand to be a more bigger kind of expo in the future. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So can we now just just do
1: some quickfire stuff, which just summarizes to everyone? We have only seventy tickets left. Is that right? Yeah. How many VIP tickets left? About
0: seven or seven. Seven. Yeah. So seven you've
1: got to move fast if you want a VIP yeah, ticket. Yeah, we
0: just confirmed one this morning before the recording. Yeah.
1: How do we do this? Where
0: do we buy? So. 2023.crossbordersummit.com is the sub page. But of course, you just go to crossbordersummit.com and then go there. Sure. How much did the tickets cost? So general entry is just under 500 US. As of right now, they will be moving up over time.
1: Sure. Early bird discount.
0: And then the VIP is just over a thousand.
1: Okay. Awesome. That is a really nice summary. Like. I know it's very important for me to get to understand more about this. And in fact, what I really wanted to get from this interview, Mike, was to me, like we, we've, we lunch two or three times a week. Sorry, yeah. two or three times a month. Yeah, yeah. I've got to really enjoy your company. Obviously, I've known about you for quite a long time because we're part of the DC, which yeah. is the Dynamite Circle. It's a, a remote, independent business networking and entrepreneurial group. So I've known about you and I've, your reputation has kind of preceded you with, with the DC because I think you were one of the earliest members. I'm, a, right?
0: I'm a OG. A, an OG. You're uh, an OG. I think I'm member of 70 or something like that.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. But what I really wanted to do was dive a little bit deeper into exactly what it is that you do and like what makes you tick. So if it's okay with you, we're just going to do a quick fire question round. Okay. If there's something that you don't want to answer, you don't have to. You can just look at me in a funny way, and I'll move straight <laughs> on to the next one. So here they are. How
0: old are you? 42. Kids? Two. Married? Yes. Who to? Wendy. Tell me about her. Of course, you know, we're always talking about nationality. She's Chinese-born. More the business-minded person of the two. Really? You know? Wow. I mean, I think of you as business minded. I I guess I'm business, but more of a creator. You know, I call myself more of a creator. She's the one that kind of thinks about the. Some people joke about, I don't know if it's wives in general, but especially Chinese wives, and they're thinking about the money. Like, how's this going to make money? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) What's this idea? Mm -hmm. What, you know? But she's very supportive and patient, you know, with me. Cool. Yeah. How did you fall in love with her? One of my startups, I, it's really funny, we, were, we did a lead gen tool on Sina Weibo, which is like the Chinese Twitter, and it would do like mass searching and contacting of people on, on, on the platform. And she was one of my leads, <laughs> not for dating, but she worked in biz dev for a mobile app platform in Beijing. huh. And I was going there to meet those kind of people. And so she was one of my leads. Cool. And what, what made her fall in love with you? I think she just thought I was so uh, crazy to try to do a tech startup in China as a foreigner didn't speak Chinese. (laughs) And, you know, I think we're both very independent people. Cool. Stronger together. Yeah, stronger together.
1: Awesome. What's the best and worst things about living in China?
0: I guess it really depends on what year you're talking about. Is it now or is it before? For you,
1: reflecting back on it.
0: I mean, the best... It sounds, I feel bad because it's, Chinese people are not free, but foreigners are free in China. Or we actually used to be way more free. Like when we first came there, we could do anything, you know, because they, even if you spoke Chinese, you would act like you didn't speak Chinese. And you could kind of get away with anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, of course, there's limits on that, but you were and that's why Chinese people would not like foreigners because we could kind of get away with things.
1: Stuff that they can't. Yeah. And that was the best.
0: Of course, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's not about race or our stereotypes, but it's uh, the person being able to get that privilege is pretty awesome.
1: Sure. You're getting f- freedoms that the nationals don't get. Yeah. So what's the worst side of that? Of course. Resentment? The,
0: the, the most of that, that specifically? Yeah. I mean, I guess the... Especially men are jealous, I mean, of course, China, you know, women would also like the foreign men. There's well, not all, but of course, there was all, all advantage sometimes to that, or they liked the mysterious part of like a foreigner. And you know, I guess the other negative is you know you can get taken advantage of. People would try to deceive you, but I guess it happens anywhere. But especially they would try to use you. Like there, I can go through some stories. Like I was part of the first co-working space in Shenzhen, China. And there was people that would want to rent the space to tell their potential customers that this was their real office and these are foreigners work for them right and i didn't know that but then luckily i had a chinese partner in that group that found out he's like no no you got to get out of here this is not what your this is not the purpose of this co-working space do you say this is your office and these are these all these foreigners are your staff you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. So there's these kind of dece- deceiving...
1: Okay. So I did call it quickfire. Yeah, sorry. I, I tried. Sorry. Yeah, well, so in, in, in short, the best thing is the freedoms.
0: Well, it's getting less now, you know, so I said it depends when, but lately it's getting so strict for everybody. Yeah. So that was kind of good old days, we all say, in China. Sure.
1: So I've lived in Chiang Mai nine years. Awesome. I love it here my children go to school here we're part of a tremendous community i'm a football coach a business owner like i'm so settled here what
0: brought you to chiang mai sure i mean i have vlogs about it and the main thing is I wasn't satisfied with the education of my children in china yep the cost the, the, the value the, the roi sure so and i didn't want to go back to the us so you know I, when you when people have kids a lot of times they go back to their home country right because they can go into the system of the education system and the support system i didn't want i didn't want to do that so my wife and i left the kids with her, her parents and we traveled around southeast asia looking so we came to chiang mai we looked in uh, four places we went to philippines chiang mai katmandu okay and kl kuala lumpur sure and we picked here because there were so many schools the environment, the culture, the, of course, the costs are very, very, very reasonable. And the nomads and the internet so fast. And you can get like a house. We have a house. It's it's amazing. Like sure. a lot of other places you have to stay in like an apartment. You can't really get a house. in a lot of cities. But yeah, we picked it for all those
1: reasons. Well, that's a lot of reasons. It's Thank a lot. There's so many yeah. reasons. What does the future of Chiang Mai look to you? How do you think it's going to all shape up in the next five or ten years for Chiang Mai?
0: I just wish the smoky season could get fixed. <laughs> but can, can we not we, fix that? I don't know. I feel like Wendy and I were both kind of, the first year we were here, we we're like, there's got to be a way to like fix that. How would the Simpsons
1: fix it? I think they'd put a massive fan on the top of Doisotep and just blow it back. True. Could we do
0: that? We should, we should. But the future, I think, is going to keep picking up. I think Thailand also is in a well, I keep hearing more more people, whether it's Chiang Mai or Bangkok or Phuket or other cities in Chiang Mai and Thailand, more and more people picking Thailand. I've noticed mm. more friends from China and, and overseas. I, I see Southeast Asia as the a, as, as a best place to be, whether it's Chiang Mai or Thailand or even other parts of Southeast Asia. I think this is the, the growth. Me too? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Quick fire, are we ready? Ready. If you were starting out in business today and you needed to make money, what would you do?
0: Do I have the skills I have now, or do I not? You have the skills. You
1: probably you're going to tell me you do the same again.
0: I guess I just want to clarifying: if I have, do I have money? I have my knowledge. I have money. I have my network. Or, or where am I starting from? Sc-
1: starting from scratch today, age young twenties. Okay. Not a lot of capital. What would you do to make money, knowing what you know?
0: I'd dig into it. There's two ways. One, it depends on how much risk I want to take. But I think this apprentice program, I know DC has done that. I think maybe being, of course, we don't want to work for someone else. But it's not like you're just working for a company, but working for like a startup or a small, a small company is doing what you like, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And telling them clearly, you're like an apprentice. If, if, I, if that wasn't a way, the other way is, I think service businesses is better than product businesses to start with less capital. But I would start a service of something that I want to build out. Because when I try to do something like, like all the stuff I do, it's still related with e-commerce. Like I sell products. I do you know, events and community about this. I try to kind of build an ecosystem. Oh, yeah. So I would try to tell somebody to do what you like to do and then kind of like expand around that. Sure. Good. Thank you. Are you ready for a couple more? Sure. These sorry, are, I'm
1: longer, I, I feel. No, doesn't. no, no, no. I called them quickfire and then I asked questions that just it's, you need to elaborate on. So I'm sorry about that. Here comes another one. Where are we with Web3?
0: <sighs> it's a bear market for sure. There's no question about that. And bear markets is you know down. But I think people build in the bear. It's one thing people say. And I'm seeing a lot of people building. I see it. There's a saying about cowboys come back with arrows in their back, something like this. And I think we finished that cowboy phase, even like the dot com bubble, right? In the dot com bubble, there was this huge bubble and then it popped and then it was dead for a while and then it popped back. Like Facebook didn't come in the original dot com. Even Google didn't really come in the original dot com. They came in the second wave. So, you know. Those cowboys that did the NFT projects and all those scams—they were the kind of the, the cowboys. So, the next wave is the settlers, and okay. I feel like I'm a settler. I, I don't—I'm working on a Web3 project for e-commerce, and I've seen a lot on crypto Twitter, and they're saying like now the pioneers are—I might get the wrong terms here—but the, the settlers are coming now because they understand. learned from the first wave. Yeah, and we're kind of clearing out the, the scams and the, and the and the BS, and now we're. Get, I think build like the next Facebook and Google on Web3 because those first ones were kind of scams or hyped or maybe they didn't intend to be, but it was too early. And now it's kind of cycling that through. Six. So I think we're gonna build the second wave now. Thanks. Couple more? Sure, I'm yeah, ready.
1: You're okay? Yeah. What makes you jump out of bed in the morning? Like what motivates you?
0: I mean, my favorite thing is I hire too many people. I spend so much money on people. I hire uh, way more than I, my revenue because I like to develop the people. I like, of course, actually some of them, I maybe I, I all choked up. My team's online, but I have retreats every year or two. And when I met them in December in the Philippines, a couple, we had this weird experience where I had a, a consultant. She's a Philippine uh, HR consultant came and she had this game where we went around a room or the table and say like they thanked me basically and that was the hardest thing to sit through because but they liked how I pushed them I mean and then some of them cry because they said they're trying to improve or trying to live up to what I'm trying to to push them into Mm -hmm. up to to be but yeah I mean that's develop developing them uh, and I've learned about consulting not consulting but coaching or 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 business or management is is developing people to do the the task Mm -hmm. but i love to see you know you'll you might even talk to some of them in some of our groups but they tell me like i i kind of like let them see that they could do that or i gave them the confidence that they could do that they didn't think that they could do that
1: Mm -hmm. cool yeah good for you and good for them yeah, And that's what motivates you more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's, the, that's the way to... I'm trying to build stuff that lives beyond me. I, I don't know why I think about death a lot, but I, I, I try to think of legacy. I try to think of things that can live past me. And I've read a lot of management and leadership books and setting cultures and values. And I think well, that's one of the best investments.
1: Awesome. In Have you been history. the recipient of... Have you had good mentors? Have you had great experiences from people that wanted to develop you?
0: Where's, it, where's this come from? It's a good question. I, I guess it it didn't come like it wasn't like an original dis- intent, but when I saw the results of developing someone, and there's been some that they they stay with us longer because I've invested in them so much and trying to be almost like an investor in people. And, you know, as you can see, we, we went through a lot of stuff I, I do, and I can't do that myself, all those things. So I'm trying to have them as leaders to be able to run those businesses without my involvement as much.
1: How many people have you employed or do you currently have working for you?
0: It's, it, I've been, we're very flexible work, but it's approximately 15.
1: Okay, good. And you come across as a very composed, calm individual. How do you manage your work-life balance?
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a workaholic. Uh, I love, I love, I can't even see myself Retire, I don't know retiring I, I've watched I read somebody sent me some article about there was no such thing as retirement in for many years I think retirement is still like a new term like pe- grandparents would work the farms in the old times and you die when you stop working that's what this article says the reason people start to, to die is they stop working mm-hmm. or it's not work is not really like about like nine to five work but Creating or, or, or exercising or, or using your brain, not even, not just muscles, but your brain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I mean, my habit is mornings, my work time, you know, my, I work at home and my son or daughter or my wife or somebody will walk in and I do 30 minute okay, with a five minute break. Uh-huh. So I, and I have a timer clip on timer. So it is a 30 minute if they come in and ask me something, I, I point at a, a timer. And unless it's an emergency, like somebody's deathly ill and 30 minutes they're going to need to go to the hospital, I tell them to wait until my five-minute break. And then I go to the break and I get some tea and talk to them. And then afternoons is, you know, we're doing this in the afternoon. Uh, afternoons when I kind of, it's also called maker management. I've read that somewhere. Your maker brain, and it's like your right brain, left brain. So my My morning is my, I forget which one's which, but one's my maker time in the morning and the outside in the afternoon are phone calls or or other emails. I try to do that in the afternoon. Evening is kind of, I try to be with the kids, but I'll squeeze in phone calls. Mm. Sure.
1: Good. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being put on the spot. Sure. Thank you for being so open and for uh, sharing that with us been wonderful chatting to you. Yeah. I hope that we've given the Cross Border Summit community a little insight about what they're going to get this year. Sure. I hope that we've also in like given some incentive for people to snap up those remaining tickets, yeah. especially the VIP ones with only 7 or so left. Yeah. I really look forward to that event, to networking, to meeting your speakers. I love the idea that everybody is at the same level and that everyone gets to network and mingle. And I think it's really golden that you say it's not going to be published online. So the content, the conversations, the connections that you make in that summit are there and nowhere else, which I think is a great incentive for people to come along. For sure. Yeah. So please just hit me with the date again and just that URL so that people
0: know. Okay, sure. November 16th and 17th is a Thursday and Friday. Of course, there's a pre-event if you'd like to join the Mastermind VIP and we're actually going to have some add-ons after workshops on the saturday and then sunday will be the market tour and factory tours that's at crossbordersummit.com cool and that's here in chiang mai here in chiang mai yeah for the first time ever exactly wonderful
1: thank you mike it's been
0: a pleasure thanks Seth, so much ash cool. i appreciate this and thank you to our sponsor our returning sponsor mercury.com online bank well it's a real bank but you can do it totally online for u.s our blimp program participants are going through this as well. Thank you, Mercury. Travis is great there. He's been on our show. He's been in our events. We're going to have another event where we will have them attending as well. And if you want to get a little bonus for you and us, if you sign up and do some special circumstances, you can go to globalformasia.com Mercury. I also have a video tutorial that we use even for the blimp people. I use the same exact video to learn how to use it. I hope... You can check it out, totally free. Why not? See you there. Thanks, Ash, for that amazing interview. He said I didn't have to answer all the questions, but I I did, you know, I keep it real. Try to keep it real. We got so many things in store for all of you. So many things changing, so many things growing. I'm gonna be checking into a temple tomorrow morning for three days. This show will go out right after that. We've been through, we've grown a lot. If you're been listening to this show for uh, almost 10 years now, you will understand 410 episodes you have grown too i'm sure there were some jokes i saw in some various wechat groups with chris davie's group about you know how a lot of people have left the industry or sold their business or done different things it's a, it's a long game I've been in and out, I'll be honest. I've bought, I've sold, I've started, I've stopped. And I'm really excited for what's in store for this next cross-border summit. Yeah, there's only a certain amount of tickets left. Honestly, they, they have been selling more. I mean, it's two months to go now. And we're working on so many different value adds and, and, and bonuses for those that join us for this new open borders, new beginnings opportunity. But I'm gonna kinda enjoy this little venue here as I as I decide to lock this one in or not for one of our after parties. But thank you for coming through the whole show and for being part of the podcast, listening and watching and and participating. So that's it. Talk to you later. Check out this statue though.